You're listening to a bonus episode of the Accounting Influencers Podcast, Talent in Accounting, with Rob Brown. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Welcome to the Accounting Influencers Podcast with me, Rob Brown. On behalf of our network of five shows going out every day, we're thrilled to bring to you special guests every Wednesday where we deep dive into topics of relevance for accounting practitioners, bookkeepers, CPAs all over the world. I'm thrilled to have with me today, back for the second time. We had a great session last time, Jen, didn't we? Talking about people first cultures. It's great to have you back. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me back, Rob. So Jen, would you summarize for us what came out from our last conversation? We'll put a link to it in the show notes, but we were talking about building and leading in a people first culture. Just summarize for us what that looks like and the kind of things companies should be doing. Yeah, we talked about the importance of a kind of inside out, outside in culture and brand and how important values are when you're dealing with people. And also that the idea that every employee is different, they're a human being, which is what makes them unique and beautiful. I'm trying to make sure that you've not got very strong kind of guidelines, but actually you use your values as great behavioral principles that act as guides, but they're not very rigid. So yeah, we talked about top tips on how to do that. And I I suggested that starting off by asking your employees how things were going was a great first step. You also talked about the importance for leaders, managers, bosses to walk the walk and set a good example by being the culture they want to forge. That's important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We've all heard the phrase, be the change you want to see. And I think if, you, if you're a really passionate people leader who has done their learning and research on human leadership, authentic leadership, then you would know that you've got to lead by example. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to create space, safe space for other people to be able to show up in the way that you want them to. Yeah, I, I think leader. it's got to start with your leaders and you play in such an important role as a leader in that journey of, of creating the type of culture that you, you want to see in your business. And you spoke about brand and how integral that is to shaping a culture. And we dipped into the concept of personal brand and employer brand. This idea of making yourself a great place to work and letting the world know externally and internally that you're a great place to work. This is really all about differentiating yourself as an employer, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. You would, when you're looking for your clients, for example, you will have some criteria that you work to that guides you on whether that's the type of client that you might want to work with for your practice. Maybe you focus on very small businesses. Maybe you focus on businesses that are going through a growth and change. And maybe you're also trying to embed some compliance within that entrepreneurial spirit that individual might have had. You'll be thinking about what your unique selling point is for that, for getting that business in. And I think it's no different when you're trying to attract candidates and potential recruits for your business, because someone's going to want to really know what they're signing up for. So if you're going to have to put all of that information out there, which you really should if you're looking for candidates and you're trying to attract the best talent, telling them that story, you've got to be really proud of what you're putting out there. Your customers see it. But more than that, you could make a lasting impression on somebody that then when they're qualified or at the stage that they're looking for a new role, they and something pops up from your business, you want them to think, oh, brilliant, That's, this is my chance. So yeah, I think super important. And you're the people experience director. 
zero for this region, UK and EMEA. And that role traditionally would have been called HR. Is it the case now that employer brand and attracting the right people is one of the big things at the top of your agenda? Yes, definitely. I think HR was recognition that there's more than just payroll that needs to be processed and, and that the, the resource of humans was also, I guess, an asset for a business. I think we've moved away from that. And actually, we're looking at human humans. There, it's like the human part of the resource rather than the resource part of human. I, I see this shift in the marketplace where there's loads more businesses calling their HR teams people teams. But our philosophy was that actually it's people experience because I think it was Richard Branson that said, look after your people and your customers will be looked after as well. I can't remember exactly the words, but yeah, but I think, um, I think if we are giving our zeros an amazing experience, when they see our brand, they interact with our brand, they apply for a role, have a fantastic recruitment experience. Ideally they get a role with us, but not everybody does. But whether they do or don't, then I really hope that any other interactions that they have, either talking to our customers or even thinking about whether they can become a small business owner themselves, the idea is that we have fantastic experiences for our users as well. And I think just going back to that philosophy that in retail, I worked in retail at the very beginning of my career, and we were always told that actually if somebody had a negative experience, they would tell double the amount of people compared to if they had a positive one. So just remembering that every positive experience counts. I think that's the other philosophy that we've based everything on. Just great customer experience coming from people who have great experience of your, of being an employee of your business. Another time when there are not enough jobs to go around and 10 interviews or a hundred for every single position. You can afford to be picky with who you take on, but we're aware of the great resignation and the dwindling talent pool and the dwindling populations across the world actually are speaking to a labor shortage. So it's a fight for talent. It's a fight for the best talent. So employers have to stand out as the employer of choice. How difficult is it to stand out? Because I see accounting firms, even fintech software companies making the same promises putting up similar kind of websites, showing similar values, employing similar people for similar packages and benefits, doing similar jobs with similar qualifications. And it's all a bit blur and a bit bland and a bit vanilla, and it's difficult to stand out. Yeah, I think that goes to the human interaction that you have during the recruitment process. I think we, can, we could spend the next 20 minutes talking about packaging benefits and making them attractive and making sure that you're competitive and thinking about different things that you can do to, to reinforce your, I don't know, well-being agenda. So whether you've got free drinks in the fridge or you put yoga on, we can all do things like that, but they... That's cosmetic, isn't it, in a way? Very cosmetic is exactly what I was going to say. You have to, it has to sit with your values. You have to live and breathe it. And people can tell, we all know what it's like when you are being sold something and uh, like, I'm, I hate being sold to, I'm sure lots of other people will feel the same, but if you just don't inherently believe what you're being told, it's much more challenging, especially in a world where people just want to see authenticity and honesty. And I think actually the challenge that many people have is recruitment processes can feel a bit like selling. Actually, it's a mutual process that people are going through. I'm deciding whether I want to work for you just as much as you're deciding whether you're going to employ me. Um, 
what we should be trying to do is be as open and vulnerable as we can. We might not tell everybody everything about like how, how things operate, but we should be really honest about the challenges someone might experience in that role, the things that they might not get just as much as the things that they will. So I think it comes down to just a really, really great integrity in your recruitment processes and fantastic experiences, great conversations and interview beautifully demonstrated by you, Rob. An interview shouldn't feel stressful or anxiety inducing, really. Yes, you want someone to have a little bit of a preference for showing up really well and doing their best, but they should be feel that they're being put at ease. They should feel that they can perform to the best of their ability in that environment. So the days of those horrible interviews where you used to get grilled, I think are over, but not everybody has realized that yet. So yeah, I think integrity in your recruitment processing and a really brilliant experience is so key because that's just going to make sure that your values show through and it means that you're living and breathing what you say you do, exactly what you do on the tin type thing. And you've recruited many people over the years. Have you ever made a bad choice in recruit? Have you ever hired the wrong person? I feel like everyone has. Everyone's had that person that you've got a different view of in the recruitment process and maybe they've not turned up in the same way that you were hoping for. Or maybe they do a brilliant interview and they show up terrific and you think this is the ideal person here, but people can put on a show in an interview, can't they? Absolutely. I think it goes back to that piece around integrity though, because I was recording a podcast yesterday actually, and we were talking about having this idea of if they're not a hell yes, then they're probably a no. And so I think you've got to be super excited throughout the recruitment process. And what I would hope is also that the candidate is excited too. If someone turns up on their first day and they're not really that bothered about being there, then are they really the right person for you? And equally, if you're not super excited that they're finally coming to join you after maybe a three-month notice period at their previous place of work, I think, yeah, you've got to stand true to what you need in the team. Not always as easy when you need support quickly, but I really do think that when it comes to hiring, like we all make decisions, but recognizing quickly that maybe it's not the, been the right decision. I think that's better. That's better for everybody because it can be quite damaging if you've got someone who's just not a great fit and they stick around for too long. Sure. And when you're recruiting, you're looking for people to fulfill a role and do a job technically, technologically, all of those things. But you're also looking to hire for culture, people that fit with your vibe and your brand. So have you got any tips in hiring for culture? Yeah. So I would say I, I have a bit of aversion to saying hiring for culture fit. I prefer to say that you hire for culture ad because, yeah, we don't want to get a cookie cutter mold of every single person. We get di great things from diversity of thought, of background, of experience, of education, of all sorts of different diversity. We are richer and actually perform better when we have more diversity. What you want is somebody that, like I said about the kind of values, they're guide rails, but they're, everyone has their own unique way of expressing them and way of delivering them. But recognizing that they are important, that we, that you use them and abide by them as a bit of a, a touchstone. I think that's really important. So culture add, trying to make sure that you are being aware of your unconscious biases as well, realizing that we like to be around people that are like us. So making sure we've switched on to that, I think is also really key because it can be a bit dangerous hiring for culture fit and only, only hiring people that seem similar to other people. But with that in mind, I think if you use your values and ask questions around your 
in our recruitment process, we actually use our values to group our competencies around. It's been, that's been a really great way of structuring what we're looking for over time, but allowing for unique expression and ways in which a value might come across for an individual is really important. And then I think it's a, that goes back to that idea of it being a joint decision and the way that you can make it a really good, easy decision for somebody. Imagine if you get to the end of a recruitment process and you've, you're really excited about someone and they're not really sure, they're a bit lukewarm and maybe they turn you down. That's the worst. It happens, but it's the worst. So it is a joint experience. And the way that you can help somebody just make sure that they definitely want to work for you is great exposure to your team, different leaders, different ways of doing things so that they really know what they're signing up for. So important because you'll, you and many other people in your business will be really excited for them to join. And therefore you're going to get a really embedded onboarding experience where people feel supported and really keen to stay where they've joined. And here at Accounting Influencers, we have a media arm where we help vendors and accounting firms and networks in the accounting space to build their employer brand by interviewing their people and saying, what is it really working at zero? I love the culture. What does that mean? Because people are individuals, aren't they? They interpret values and culture and a great working environment in different ways and they want different things. So you've got to get a fit for everyone and allow them to tell their story. Yeah, absolutely. We had a new MD join in the UK and EMEA. I think that was in December feels like a very long time ago now he's done such a good job of embedding himself and filling some big shoes of filling them in his own unique way but when Alex joined us I suggested that actually he needed to get really embedded and get to know our people and he he ran with our humans of zero and just really uncovered what was great what was not going so well what was rubbing people up maybe the wrong way and what what was the kind of unique ingredient that made them absolutely love working for zero, And that's been really helpful because I know he's used that as a touchstone of information, but it's also meant that he's um, been able to help us really understand what we can do better because he's had a unique new set of eyes to look through, see our business with. So it's just, that's been really fantastic. So we've actually decided to continue doing those. So all of our leaders now run those they take time turns to run them and we focus on different employee groups I'm actually going to be talking going to be one of the people attending one of these next month where we're going to be talking about returning from parental leave and the experience that that has provided people and how we can potentially improve it so just really spending the time listening I think just investing in listening sessions is so key because it gives you beautiful insight into what makes a difference to somebody why they stick around and actually what you must hold true, no matter what changes you, you make. Yeah, it's been really insightful. You've got to also have an eye on keeping people. It's okay getting them in, making great promises, putting a wonderful career path in front of them with loads of opportunities and interesting work and great people. But you've got to keep them as well. And you've got to defend them against the attack of your competitors, stealing them away and making counter offers and all that. So talk to us a little bit about keeping hold of your talent and what you can do to retain people. Yeah, so it comes down to making sure you've got great relationships, manager to you. So I, I'm not perfect. I will say that to begin with, but I do pride myself in great relationships with my team, the people that report into me. And I think I would know if they were starting to think, oh, I need to look elsewhere. And so having that level of trust with them is so key because it means I can plan. It also means that I can give them different opportunities that they're looking for. And 
if there's not an opportunity within Zero, then I can at least support them to develop what they want to develop rather than them getting frustrated or feeling that they're stagnating. So I think first things first, great relationships between managers and employees. I think the ne- it's really tempting to throw money at the problem, but it can be counterintuitive because I actually, this might be a bit controversial, but I don't really believe in counter-offering. If someone's decided they want to leave, they've gone through the whole effort of having conversations and interviews with somebody um, to the point that they've been offered a role. I think they've already made some kind of a parting decision with you as a, co- as a company. So there's a little bit of an element of almost like saying goodbye as part of deciding to go and apply for a, another role. So I think throwing money at the problem can be really tempting, actually might solve the problem for you. But in terms of like long-term solutions, it's not going to help you because studies have shown that within 12 months of retaining someone with a counteroffer, they are looking for their next role again because you've not solved the problem. So I think it's really tempting in this kind of high pressure environment where we've got all talk of great resignation, et cetera, et cetera. And lots of businesses have been throwing money at the problem to attract people. It's really tempting to do the same But actually, if you think about the way in which you are running your business, the way people feel, whether they're valued, recognized, adding more, more, making more of a difference and able to contribute and grow and develop and having opportunities to, to do that. I think feeling fulfilled is more important, actually. That being said, making sure that you're paying market rate is very important. So still in there. But I, I just don't think adding more money onto, on top of it is the real solution. Having a look at what's the reason behind them leaving, capturing exit interview data, understanding why people are going. If everybody's saying that career development is the reason that they're leaving, you've probably got to look at how you can create pathways and development opportunities. And there's so much out there now. We've got apprenticeships in the UK. I know you've got other, other listeners from around the globe as well, but there's so many different learning providers, online providers. There's, we have mind tools, which is just thousands of different bite-sized bits of learning that people can do. I think everyone's got access to some kind of learning. It might be a small investment, but there's things that you can do. But yeah, I think going to the data of why people are leaving and what the feedback is that they're giving is really key to help guide you on what you can do differently. Yeah, we'll put your contact details in the show notes because you're always up for having conversations about culture and people experience. Just leave us with some thoughts on the hybrid, remote, virtual world that we live in. How do you stand out as an employer of choice when not everyone is around and we're recruiting people from all over the planet? So internally, I think it's driving great culture moments. So don't necessarily have to have everybody together all the time, but having some really key moments where you do ask everyone to come together and you've got some good context, content, you connect them again with your vision and your mission, how they're making a difference, how they're contributing, reward and recognize some great standout performance. I think those types of really engaging moments are inspiring and I think drive great togetherness. And then when you're looking externally and obviously lots of hiring is going on remotely, you've got people leaders probably working from home and difficult to get everybody together. So you can't necessarily meet face to face. Some people have a bit nerve of nerves around not meeting someone before they join their biz, join the business. I think having some faith that actually you get more, more opportunity to into, introduce them to more of your business actually by doing it remotely. 
I do always ask people to come in for the last round of interviews so they can meet my team and connect with the culture because it's actually really important in my role, of course, if I'm hiring. I think you can give people a much quicker response. It's a much quicker recruitment process and they probably don't mind meeting more people. So not being afraid of adding an extra stage in your recruitment process so that they can have a coffee with, an, a relaxed coffee with somebody in the team just so they get more insight and more exposure to your business. I think don't be afraid of that and have faith that you're not asking them to travel to your office several times and spend lots of money, take time off work to come to your interview. So actually people feel a bit happier and more kindly towards giving up a bit more time throughout a virtual recruitment process. So be bold and keep doing what you're doing, I think. That's great, Jan. Thank you so much for that. And the key message here is that being the employer of choice and differentiating yourself in the talent pool, it doesn't happen by accident, does it? No, absolutely. And I think if you're not sure what to do and you're not sure where to go, there's some, some brilliant people out there that can help. And yeah, I'd be happy to talk to anybody if they would like to speak to me as well. Fantastic. Jane Surtees, People Experience Director at Zero. It's been thrilling to talk to you today. Thanks so much for your time and your insights. Thanks so much for having me back, Rob. It's been great to meet you. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast.